Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Hooligan Report. I'm your host as always, SM, and with me I have Cookson. Howdy all. And I also have Type Club. Hey, hey. Um, this week we've had a couple of interesting games, a few surprise results you might say. Um, we might start with Man United up against Liverpool. I think that was the big game from the weekend, and I think that was probably one of the ones... The result wasn't perhaps a surprise, um, 3-0 to United. How did you see it, Cookson, as a United fan? Excellent win. <laughs> Couldn't have done much better, I suppose. Well, midfield was a bit out of sorts, but still three points to three points. I mean, you basically had your three most attacking players scoring goals. You had De Gea making some cracking saves. Um, that's a pretty all-round good def- good performance, I suppose. Yeah, so there's still things to improve. Like, Louis van Gaal was still a bit disappointed with the end result. What, he wanted more goals? Yeah, he thought more goals... Better play style, more control in midfield. You know, maybe having a game when De Gea is not seen, that's going to be the dream one day. You don't sound, you don't sound too excited at you just taking it as a win over a mid-table club, you reckon? Well, Liverpool are a mid-table club. It's just a routine yeah, win. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just a routine win. You just got to stay humble. I mean, yeah. you, you make that point about De Gea making so many saves. I think I saw a stat that De Gea and Mignolet had faced the most shots from defensive errors or something like that, but that Liverpool went on to concede a lot of goals from those, whereas De Gea obviously made quite a few saves. So I think it does make a big difference having a pretty quality keeper between the sticks. Yeah, what did Roger say he likes to play for 11 players? Yeah. Well, we prefer to play off 10 players and a world-class keeper. <laughs> I mean, well, it's just that. Sorry? De Gea was excellent, but it's because how he sets up his stances and all that, it's like you look at it, he goes down at the last minute, which scares the crap out of strikers, so they have to hit it at him. Yeah, no, that, I saw that, that point. It was a really interesting point that he gets so many shots hit at him because strikers have no idea which way he's going to go, um, which is quite surprising, I suppose. Uh, Type Club, talk us through Liverpool's performance. Uh, look, yeah, I think um, it was a poor performance. Only only Liverpool can say, um, we're a better team and lose 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> they... They had a uh, they had a lot of shots on target, but um, they just didn't have composure. I think Sterling had had the most chances, and um, I think last season he was scoring those. Um, of course, De Gea played pretty well, but I also think that Sterling could have could have done a bit better too. Um, I think he's feeling a bit of pressure, and uh, Rogers probably just a bit too much tinkering in defence. Uh, they just didn't they they had a lot of chances, but they didn't stand up well in defence either. Yeah, so where to here? Where to from here for Liverpool, do you reckon? What do they need to do in January to... Uh, I suppose you can't really turn it around and fire for the top four at this stage, but what do they need to do to sort of, you know, make the season a bit more positive? Um, I think that Rodgers just needs to settle down with defence, figure it out. He has been playing a little better lately, um, but that he obviously made a big mistake going into the season. Um, his plans didn't work, and it's taken him a long time to figure out how to turn that around. Um, in terms of transfers, I'm not too sure. I actually think their squad isn't too bad. Um, and I think it, as long as if, um, if you can figure it out and get them ticking, I think maybe if Sterling plays through the middle in a false nine, um, it could work for them going yep. forward. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the side that they took a lot of players from in the summer, Southampton, had been going along pretty, pretty neatly up until now, but they've lost a couple of games on the trot. And they lost again on the weekend to Burnley, of all teams. Um, missing a penalty in the process, but Burnley 
getting a bit of a lucky winner, I suppose, in that game. But um, do we see the sort of the wheels have come off for Southampton now that they're on a bit of a slide? Well, we did pretty much call it on the podcast that all the teams similar to Southampton, how they look good for the top four, but then come December, come January, they just they don't have the depth. But it's surprising. I mean, you could understand them losing to United, to Chelsea, to you know Man City, that sort of thing. But to lose to Burnley seems sort of... And then again, to lose yesterday morning to Sheffield United, it just seems sort of well and truly they've collapsed. Again, it's always death. Yeah. They just reach this area and they look bad. I mean, that's the difference needed, between yeah. big clubs and Southampton. <laughs> they needed to beat Burnley. Um, and it's that's a big... The other losses weren't too surprising. and They played pretty well in, them, in those games. And they played well against Burnley too, but they that was, a, that was three points which they wouldn't have wanted to miss out on. Um, if they are really serious about the top four, um, poor result. But they played pretty well. I mean, obviously they, they missed a penalty, so it was a bit of a sliding doors game. They could have easily scored the penalty and then held on for a 1-0 win. So uh, it's those small margins that can really change games. And another game which had a very small margin um, producing a win for a side was Spurs beating Swansea. And I think I saw a stat that in their last four away games or, or something like that, they've scored three goals after the 89th minute to win games. I know there was one against us, there was one against, was it Aston Villa, uh, and now against Swansea. So they're making a bit of a habit of making that late escape. Um, do we see that bubble bursting and Spurs maybe dropping a few more away games anytime soon and maybe the luck changing? They've been pretty lucky with some of their results. Yeah, they have. Um, you could also... It's it's every minute counts in a match, um, and it's a good sign as well if they if they keep coming up at the end. Um, you could say that they might turn it around at the other end of the game as well. Um, yeah. They might just start... They might not have to do that later. They might not have to rely on that every match. Um, but yeah, they want to fix that because they're not going to be able to score a last-minute winner every week if they're losing. Or if it's level. Yep. Cookson? Yeah, it's probably... They can't really keep going on it, but again, you never know in football. I mean, it was what? Ericsson again who scored a late goal? Yeah, it was. I mean, he scored quite a lot of pretty much equalizers and last-minute goals. So, again, pretty good player, probably. Again, we did say that he's probably going to move soon, but to who, we don't know. But, again... You have to ride your luck, and if it works out, it works out. I mean, they're, what, two points behind Arsenal now, and they could potentially make a run for the fourth place? Yeah, it'd be pretty amazing. They've had a pretty shaky start to the season. I think there's a lot of those clubs in mid-table, even, I mean, dare I say, Liverpool and Everton and those sorts of sides. Um, you, You look at their seasons, and you think they've had pretty poor seasons, but you look at the table, and they're actually not that far away if they can go on a bit of a run. Um, so it will be interesting to see how the second half of the season unfolds. Um, another side in and around that area was Newcastle, and, and they went up against Arsenal in the late game on Saturday night and lost 4-1. Um, that was a bit of a shock. I mean, I thought going into that game there were quite a chance. It was pretty comprehensive in the end. Tip Arsenal pulled out another victory, which they probably should be doing from now on. I mean, if they want that top four spot, they need to keep on pounding out these 4-1 victories. Yeah, um, what do we think about Gazzola's penalty at the end? Was that the one where he dived a bit or something like that? Oh, not so much the the winning of it, but the uh, the chip finish was a bit cheeky. I think it drew a bit of uh, criticism. Well, it's a legitimate. Oh, yeah. 
it's a legitimate penalty tactic. Keep, I mean, if, <laughs> if it works, it, it works, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Type Club, were you going to say something about the game? Um, the game? No, I was just going to talk about the penalty. Um, oh, sure. They're brilliant to watch those ones. Yeah. Um, I don't know, um, if he pulls it off, why not? Yeah, he's, absolutely. He done you don't really see much of those kind of... Yeah. You don't see many of those fail, um, I've noticed. I think there was... was when it, the player... Was there one in a penalty shootout or something where a player... Uh, I want to say he was a Brazilian player, but I'm not sure if it was, where he, he chipped it and the keeper just stood there and caught it. But I can't remember what can't remember what game it was, so don't mind me. But yeah, I yeah. mean, you're right. You don't normally see them fail when they go for them. And yet people complain a lot about them because it is, it's um, it's very easy to save if the keeper reads it. Um, but you just don't... You should, yeah. It's that sort of situation where a keeper like De Gea is perfect because, as Cookson was saying earlier, he waits till that last instant to move. So if a player wanted to try something like that, a keeper like De Gea would cut it off in an instant because he, he, yeah, he I mean, read it his, quite well. Yeah, with the penalty takers, they probably study the keeper. Um, and, if the, and if they know the keeper's going to dive early, they look at that little chip thing Yeah, and they make it happen. Um, another game which had a bit more controversy on the weekend involved my side uh, up against Chelsea. And there are a couple of <laughs> instances in this game that might find themselves into Cookson's foul on the floor for the week <laughs> because... Um, Willian and Costa both booked for diving, uh, and Cahill diving in the box and not receiving a yellow card for it. Um, one of my big gripes in football, when a player goes down in the box and the ref waves the appeal away, surely it's a dive. It's either If the player goes down, it's either a penalty or, it, or it's a dive, is it not? Well, they could. it could be a tackle that's a bit strong, but the ball goes away and the player naturally gets brought down after the ball is away. Yeah, okay, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. But, I mean... I found the Costa yellow card silly. I mean, to me, it just looked like he got a light trip. He got up and he continued playing. There was no appeals from any Chelsea player. Yeah, I thought the ref was quite harsh on Costa, actually, because I know that later in the game there was also a, a high boot free kick paid against him where he didn't actually raise his boot. It was more for an attempted high boot. So Foy had a very strange game. I think Bruce afterwards said he hoped there were no lip readers because he and Mourinho were basically slagging the ref off the entire game. Um <laughs> But did you guys see the the incident with Cahill and have any thoughts on it? Yeah, that was a dive. Uh, yeah, really disgraceful dive. Um, and he booked Costa just just moments later for a dive and didn't book Cahill. Um, and Cahill, second week in a row, a bit of a dodgy performance. He could have easily gotten sent off. Oh, um, easily. Even just for the fir- yeah. even for the tackle that drew his first yellow. Um, a lot of people thought it was very very rough tackle on Aluko with his studs. Um, that could have easily been a sending off, and I think I think the ref probably hesitates because set, giving a second yellow and giving a red card for um, a dive might reflect as quite a harsh decision. But by the letter of the law, even if it's a second yellow, it's still a yellow card. Well, it, it had an impact because it wasn't a first dive for the match either. Um, so it just seemed like it was. Yeah, Chelsea were diving. There was about three or four pretty obvious yeah. dives in the match, and they took a long time to shake that tag off them when Robin left them, um, and they had, I believe, shaken it off, but that was really bad. They should be ashamed. And look, I mean, going into the game, I'd that said that I was besides. expecting I was expecting quite a flogging, but um, to to play with 10 men for about half an hour and to come away from the bridge with only a 2-0 loss, I think is a positive for Hull. Um, and, I mean, you could say that Chelsea never really got out of second gear. They weren't too fussed about piling on the goals, but um, I think... We'll breathe a sigh of relief at coming away with only two goals conceded. See, you needed to have faith, Esther. <laughs> we had faith. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a bit more faith next week when we take on Swansea. That's for sure. Um, 
Other results from the weekend, we had Palace drew 1-1 with Stoke in the Tony Pulis Cup. Uh, Game for footballing purists worldwide. We've we've lost Type Club for a second. He'll be back in a second. Um, and I think both goals happen within about a couple of minutes of each other. Crouch again with another goal for Stoke. Um, the interesting, Another interesting result actually was Man City beating Leicester, and it was only 1-0, courtesy of a Frank Lampard goal. Um, Man City certainly seemed to be struggling without Aguero. Well, that's probably natural. I mean, Aguero has been doing a bit of heavy lifting for him this, this season, but again, probably any team would struggle without a class player, unless you're Louis van Gaal, in which case you just keep on moving on. And you've got to think, I mean, Lampard has now won quite a few points for Chelsea in a couple of games. I think he got the equaliser against Arsenal, was it? No, I'm trying to think. No, Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's come in with a couple of goals for them now. Um, so he's actually proving quite a valuable midfielder. Um, so so that was interesting, and at least it's showing that Leicester, as well as us, have uh, started to find a little bit of form, or at least can contain the goals. Um, we also had Sunderland draw 1-1 with West Ham, which was maybe a little bit surprising, given how West Ham's been doing lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Sunderland came off a Liverpool game, so they're probably feeling pretty confident. Uh, <laughs> had a nice little rest at home, yeah. Yeah, anything could happen in the next match. Um, so I guess it was, you know, wasn't too shocking. Uh, we also had the uh, Midlands... Is it the Midlands derby or the, the Birmingham derby, I suppose? I, can't, I don't know what you call it. The West Brom up against Aston Villa, where West Brom emerged 1-0 victors, courtesy of... I mean, you could say... I think Villa were reduced to 10 men, so that probably paid a part in that one. Yeah, Villa yeah, have just been... Absolutely. Shocking. And we also had, rounding out the weekend, Everton winning 3-1 over QPR. So QPR very much in the relegation zone after that one. I think they're still... They, they've yet to pick up a point away from home, which is a bit of a worry for them. Yeah, Everton weren't travelling too well, but they were facing a team with the worst... pretty much the worst away record in the league. Um, so it was good for Everton. I think it was their first win in four matches. Um, but And it got, ahead, got them ahead of Liverpool as well. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be happy about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that rounds up the weekend of, of Premier League. We've had four um, League Cup games over the last two mornings. We had Bournemouth losing 3-1 to Liverpool this morning, so I think perhaps Liverpool have found their level against the Championship Club. <laughs> yeah. um, we also had Spurs absolutely thrash Newcastle 4-0, so, so Newcastle in a bit of a rut at the moment. Um, we had Chelsea winning, was it 3-1 over Watford? I think it was 3 1. So, and Sheffield United beating Southampton 1 0. And Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea will was. Play Liverpool next. So Chelsea have Liverpool next, and Sheffield United have Spurs next. Yeah. Um, two, two, two way tie. Yeah. Um, Chef, Chef dropped, the, um, dropped the bomb that Czech will be playing at Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> but not the way Liverpool fans had hoped. Yes. Do we give Sheffield United any chance of making the final? Any chance over two legs against Spurs? Well, I'd probably say yes. I mean, it's still Tottenham, so <laughs> they are still inconsistent. But, I mean, Ericsson should see them through. I mean, it should be a Tottenham v Chelsea final, but, again, it's the cup finals. It's cup, so they don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, and Spurs are still in the Europa League, aren't they? So They are, yes. The, they actually have the quite a tough tie, I think. Up. Is, is it Fiorentina, I believe, they've drawn in the um, 
Europa Cup, Europa League. So yeah, and if they did, that's not an easy tie. Um, so we'll take a bit out of them. Actually, speaking of the Europa League... Oh. Sorry? It'll take a bit out of them. I mean, um, yeah. Well, speaking of the Europa League, um, I did quite enjoy noting that Liverpool's been drawn up against Besiktas. <laughs> and I had, a Liverpool, I had a Liverpool mate say to me, oh, great, you know, the last time we played Besiktas, we won 8-0 on aggregate. And so I asked him, oh, what was the last time you played a team that had Demba Bar in it? He didn't, didn't quite enjoy that. Oh, uh, so that'll Skip. be a tie worth watching. Keep Jarrah on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I think keep him out of that, that one. Yeah. Um, Don't even put him on the bench. Yeah. So looking ahead to next week's fixtures, we're starting to get into the um, festive pile-up. Um, the game that probably stands out to me is on the Sunday night, I believe, at 3am, and that's Arsenal up against Liverpool. Uh, so how do you guys see that one? Uh, where's uh, there it is on oh, Monday morning Monday morning sorry Monday morning 3am yep good days wrong there SM but yeah I mean Arsenal should win away from home right. at, at Anfield I reckon it's a, t- it's a tale of two struggling sides at the moment yeah but who would you trust to score more goals Alexis Sanchez <laughs> or Liverpool <laughs> yeah they yeah. scored four on the weekend and Alexis didn't even score so they've got the avenues um, the last time they played there Maybe maybe Arsenal will be interested in a bit of revenge because the last time it was oh that's really right massive massive um what was it was it Liverpool four nil or five five nil or something like that yeah four nil four goals like after minutes. twenty minutes yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> but much different outfit that Arsenal are dealing with um I reckon it could be a good opportunity for building a bit of confidence playing Liverpool and Giroud's um, back in the side and he's actually he's got three goals in his first two games back yeah and Welbeck has been shifted wide. Um, I thought Welbeck was doing well, but Wenger has accommodated him out wide now, so... Um, and I he think moved that... to Arsenal get away from that. <laughs> Silly Welbeck. I think, yeah. I think that's the right thing to do, though. I think Giroud's obviously the primary striker, so you've got to play Giroud where he can score the most goals. Some of his finishes against Newcastle were absurd. I still yeah, think well rested as well, so... Sorry, I Cookson? still think it was stupid, though. I mean, Arsenal should have bought Higuain when he was up for sale. <laughs> I mean, that was... Right. Stupidity by was, Arsenal. Wasn't that the time they were looking at Higuain and they ended up putting in the bid for Suarez? Yeah, so four, forty million and, and, a, one. and one pound. That was a really genius really by Wenger. Terrible, terrible strategy. So what's what's your score predictions for the game, guys? Oh, four three Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, defenses. Um, I'd say three nil Arsenal. Fair enough. Yeah, I might go. Yeah, I'll go three nil Arsenal as well. I think. Um, another big game we've got on the Saturday night or Sunday morning for Cookson uh, at 2am is Everton up against Southampton. Um, after the League Cup game, Southampton's actually got a few players out suspended, so it could actually be another loss on the drop for them up against an Everton side that's finally found its way back into winning ways. Um, how do we see this one? Ooh, probably, I see Everton probably winning just slightly, so probably a 1-0 victory. Yeah, um, I think... Uh... Southampton are playing pretty well. Um, Everton, Southampton. I'd, I'd say I'd probably go for a draw with that one. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably say Everton will probably edge that one, maybe two-one. But I think, like Hookson said, I think, and you got you're saying as well, I think it'll be quite a close one. Um, there's a couple of relegation six-pointers going on on the weekend. One of them's QPR up against West Brom in, in a pretty big game at home for QPR. We were saying last week QPR have this habit of actually doing pretty well in these sorts of games. So, would we see QPR pulling out another win? Oh, probably not. I still see West Brom being better than them, but 
And again, you're not really sure. So I'm probably going to go for a draw. I mean, it just seems like this game is a draw written all over it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go with a, a narrow victory for QPR because um, they, they do well in these games. It's a home match for them. If it was an away match, certainly no chance. But yeah, I'll go for a win for QPR. Yeah, I'll say QPR will probably edge this one. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a draw. Um, I think I do. I do agree with Cooks, and I think it does have the signs of a draw. But yeah. who knows? These games are hard to tell because they can go one of two ways. It can end up being a high-scoring shootout, or it can be a pretty dour nil-nil. So um, it'll be interesting. West Brom do have a very good defensive record, so uh, it will be certainly quite interesting. Um, another, I hate to kind of say it, but another uh, game that might have a bit of importance in the relegation fight is Hull up against Swansea at home. Um, it starts the stretch of three games for Hull that are pretty pretty imperative to get a couple of wins out of. We've got Swansea, then Sunderland, then um, Leicester. Uh, interesting stat, we've only played Swansea three times at the KC, and they haven't scored a goal, and we've won all three. So uh, it's an interesting fixture, and one we certainly need to be looking to win. Uh, how do you guys see it? Well, I mean, is Bernie going to be playing? Yes, I think so. Well, probably if Bernie, since probably Bernie's in pretty good form, I suspect... Swansea to win at least 2-0. Yeah, he's a top scorer for the calendar year in the Premier League. Yeah, I saw that stat. It's quite impressive. Um, I reckon, yeah, I reckon Swansea victory. Well, look, I'm going to take your advice, Cookson, and I'm going to think positive, and I'm going to say it's going to be a 1-0 win to Hull. I think we're going to, I think we're just going to edge them. Um, it's, it's one of those games, it's just too important for us, and there's too much pressure on it for us, that, and I don't think it means as much to Swansea, so... Look, I'm hoping that we can get a win. If we don't get... I, I was saying to a couple of mates tonight, actually, um, if we fail to win in our next three games, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bruce getting the sack. Oh, really? I, I think if it, if it got to January and Mr. Allen looked at the books and looked at how much he'd forked out over summer and mm. looked at, at Steve coming into his office asking for some money for the window and then looked at the table, I can't see how he can justify giving Bruce more money. Well, he might, he might not sack him, he might just say there's no more funds coming, but I think staying in the Premier League is so important to the club, if he's looking to sell the club, that Bruce, I reckon Bruce is treading on thin ice. Yeah. Who, um, you'd, you'd, would they do it? Would they obviously be looking for a replacement right now? I mean, look, I, I think the obvious solution is to get someone like a Tony Pulis in, because he's still available, and he seemed... I've been waiting for a club to sack their manager and bring him in because he's just the staying up specialist. So um, he seems the logical choice as a manager to bring in to keep you up for a couple of years while you establish yourself and then you move on to bigger things like Stokev. Um, But I honestly don't know. I'm not sure whether the Alums just have enough faith in Bruce that they'll just see out the season with him. But you look at the other clubs around us and they they don't look like sacking managers either. And as we saw last year with Palace and Sunderland, if you sack your manager at the right time, you can actually do something about it and stop your stop your struggles. It's still a risk, though, isn't it? It is. It is. But I think could backfire. If you're going to sack your manager, if you want to make a change, you've got to do it before the window opens to give them a chance to assess the squad and see what they need. Yeah. I think it's a bit useless. I think Fulham sacked their manager right after the January window closed, and I think that's the wrong time to do it. And would you say that Hull have been? Um performing really badly, and it's the manager's fault? I definitely think so. I think I would comfortably go through the entire January window not making a signing. I think the problem isn't the personnel, it's the stra- it's the tactics and the way we're setting up. 
And I think there's a lot of players who have their noses out of joint because of the amount of players we've brought in over summer. If you look, at we've brought in guys like Tom Ince and Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire's not played a minute of Premier League football or in any competition for us, apart from the reserves. Tom Ince is out on loan at Forest. I mean, why bring those guys in if you're not going to play them? Um, yeah, Ince, but... Ince was... Um... Looking pretty promising too. Yeah, he, he, looked, he, looked, team. he looked good in the first few weeks. I, I think I had him as well. Um, ben Arthur's gone back to France, so I think it's the perfect <laughs> time to bring Ince into the team. Why Why yeah. buy another attacking right winger? We've got Ince out on loan. Just bring him back in. Yeah, I think Bruce out. Yeah. Bruce out. <laughs> uh, I'll give, like I said, I think I'll give it these three games, but I might be edging towards that if, if we can't get a win in those. Um, but we'll, we'll move on to another game we've got on the weekend, which is uh, a big one for... Our moderator friend, NUFC, we've got the uh, Tyranwear Derby, <clears throat> Newcastle up against Sunderland. Um, oh, I think Sunderland traditionally has been winning these games lately. Yeah, but uh, Newcastle are just from probably too good a form <laughs> and Sunderland just aren't, so you'd expect Newcastle to win. Although, as you say that, they, they have lost their last two games now, uh, 4-1 to Arsenal and then 4-0 to Spurs this morning, so um, maybe not in quite as good form as, you th- as you're saying. I reckon... Um... I reckon form goes out the window in this game. Uh, the big derby. Uh, Sunderland have been in good form too, though, having said that. <laughs> but I reckon Newcastle will be too strong for Sunderland at the moment. They just need to flick a switch and and, it'll be, and they just have more, a bit more, um, a bit more person, class in, the, in attack, especially. Um, if they can turn it on, they'll, they should win. Yep, fair enough. Cookson, what's your um, score prediction? I'm going to go... 2-1 to Newcastle? Yeah, I could see a 2-1 to Newcastle, maybe. Maybe. Um, I think it's a pretty hard game to read. Uh, what's your score prediction, Type Club? Ooh, um, maybe it's a match it around. I'll go 3-2 for Newcastle. 3-2? All right. Um, and it's a round of fixtures where the big clubs all have pretty Minnow-esque opponents. So we've got Man City up against Crystal Palace, which, uh, at home, you'd expect Man City to win. Yep. Yeah, and Silver coming back as well. Um, Man City, I'm not sure what's going on up front for them. They've got, they don't have any fit strikers. They've got three of them out at the moment. Well, yeah, Jekko injured himself in the warm-up, didn't he? Yeah, so I don't know how serious that is. Uh, but going forward, they've only got Pozo as a fit striker, it seems. Uh, but uh, Toure was quiet last week. I expect a big week this week. Um, and Silver, Silver and Nazri are looking good. Um, I, want, I, I want to watch this game because I want to see how Man City do. They're, they're really... Good times for them at the moment. They beat Roma, um, advanced to the, in the Champions League. They're going to play Barca, who I think they'll beat. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Barca. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to see this game. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Man United up against Villa. Um, oh, There's good news for Villa fans. <laughs> One man will be dropped. Will he? No. For Radamel Falcao and Maria, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, Di Maria that... should be due back because you said he was probably around about coming back in the in last week or this week sort of time. Oh, he's back, is he? Well, he's going to be back next week with Van Hals to scare the year. We'll be wait a week. We're you reckon Falcao will little... play too? So well, Falcao, Falcao yeah. instead of Matter or Di Maria instead of Matter? Well, yeah. Some teams going around that the front six will be well, Carrick, Carrick Herrera, Di Maria, Rooney, Van Persie, Falcao. How does how does Matter get dropped in the form that he's in? Yeah, I, he's been good last. I, I've had him in fantasy and he's delivering. I'm pretty unhappy at the moment. 
Well, probably because it's also now the Christmas period and you probably have to rotate <laughs> the squad a bit as well. He wants so, to go to Spain for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reckon that's why Tom Huddleston got sent off against Chelsea. Three-game ban, he gets out and gets a nice Christmas. Yeah. Um, oh, so so Matt's going to be dropped? Yeah, I reckon Falcao will probably start. For, it could be starting in front of Van Persie. I just don't know how Louis Van Gaal's going to think. I'm looking uh, at... Yeah, Van Gaal doesn't seem very consistent in his plan from week to week. Um, formation, for personnel, it's all changing every week. That was the same uh, issue David Moyes had as well. Didn't he have 53 different lineups or something? <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah, but David Moyes didn't have like 48 injuries <laughs> <laughs> true yeah I don't want to see Matter dropped um, but yeah Van Hal switching it up it's uh, probably it's good, good good, to watch at the moment um, Man United I'm expecting a big win of course yeah, yeah I could say probably 3 or 4 nil. the form they're in at the moment and there's been some something happened with Roy Keane apparently with Aston Villa <laughs> well, yes, he's, he's, he's stepped down hasn't he yeah, he popped over to Tom Cleverley's house unannounced. Oh, jeez. Oh, that would scare the shit out of anyone. Yeah. Roy Keane popping up at your house. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, you might need a neighbourhood watch to help out there. So why, why'd he pop over? To get some advice on playing United? No, I mean, apparently Tom Cleverley has been leaking stuff to the media. Oh. 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 That oh. would be uh, an issue. Uh, yeah, Keane's going to fix him up. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to do his... Take out his knee. (laughs) Cleverly will be out for a while. Yeah, put him him on the spit. Um, (laughs) We also have Spurs up against Burnley uh, as another one of the 2am games, which, I mean, you might say is a straightforward game, but I think Burnley is something like fourth on the form table at the moment. They've won three of their last five, so uh, all of a sudden looking quite good. Yeah, but you you should expect Tottenham to win. You should. But it's at, it's at White Hart Lane, and they haven't done so well there lately. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? They play better away from home. Uh, if you look at it, they've they've lost more games at home than away, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but Burnley, their players are in good form. They just have some players that are in really good form at the moment, the strikers especially. Um, so I'm going to go for an upset draw. Yeah, I'll, I'll back a draw as well. Maybe 1-1. Yeah, it might be one of those situations where Spurs can't, can't find that late winner. Yeah. Would be interesting. Uh, we also have Leicester up against West Ham at the same time. Can Leicester finally get a win on the board away from home at West Ham? Probably not. I mean, West Ham's just they've been playing pretty good this, so far this season. Yeah, Leicester they lost to Liverpool, so that's that's just <laughs> that's, that's uh, a nail in your coffin right there. That's really really a bad a bad indication of where you're at. Um, I mean, you saw the cracks starting to form when Pearson had a go at. A fan in the crowd, he, he just couldn't handle the pressure of losing to Liverpool. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's where it all started. <laughs> they used up all their luck in one game, which is what you, it's not wise. Yeah, five <laughs> goals again. Uh, you know, surely they'd trade those five goals against United for five one-nil wins. <laughs> oh, they would. I mean, the I amount know. of DVD <laughs> style there compared to staying in the Premier League. I mean, you ask Jats, you'll say, "Yep, take it." Yeah. Jets seemed pretty excited in that game, though. He did, he did. I remember ma- I made the point at the time not to get carried away, but, you know. Because <laughs> uh, you, you supported Hull and you've seen it happen. Well, that, I, quite honestly, that is that, that, that was what I said. I said, you know, when we went up in 0809 and we beat Arsenal, we beat Spurs, we did all that, um, you can get carried away and think, all right, we're safe, we'll get mid-table, and form can change very quickly for a promoted club, and it did. You yeah, lose against and- teams near you. Boom. Yeah, you drop and down. Not, 
and they're not looking good. Um, but form can change the other way too, and they can turn it around at any given moment. Uh, but I don't think it'll be this week. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Um, and the last game for the round is Chelsea up against Stoke, uh, away from home for Chelsea. Um, danger game. Pretty physical Stoke team might be able to um, get in Diego Costa's face and, and get at Chelsea and, and upset them, or do we still see Chelsea powering ahead? That Chelsea mm. should win. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the referee keeps 11 versus 11 for the whole match, you don't know because Chelsea have had it in the last two games against 10 men. That that's only that's only after they've played 10 men where they've looked comfortable. Um, it's been a bit. In the Newcastle match, they were losing before 10 minutes, and then they got all over them. Yeah. Um, against Hull, they were only winning 1-0, and it looks much more comfortable. Smooth sailing after that red card to is... Huddleston, was it? Yeah, Huddleston. Is Matic still injured? No, he's back. Um, but Matic paired with Mikel in the last match, and it was a bit negative. It didn't really didn't look that good, um, and that's why it probably wasn't a blowout. But Fabregas will be back next week. Um, so I think... Just that factor itself, Fabregas, they should be good enough to get over the top. Now, do we know, will Courtois be back? I think he said he was confident he'd be back, but I haven't seen anything definitive. Uh, and I ask purely for my fantasy side, because I only brought him in last <laughs> week, um, and I've been playing without a keeper. So, hopefully he'll be back in the side. Yeah, I can see Czech getting a, a few games just out of a bit of respect. He's not he's not a bad player. Um, he's in there. They might just give him a few games, and then he's check um, Courtois back in. Maybe they'll give Courtois the Christmas off or something. Yeah. Um, he was he was in Belgium picking up his Sportsman of the Year award. I saw that. Yeah, um, I think he was the first football, Belgian footballer to, to win the award. Yeah. This guy is a monster as a goalkeeper. Um, he needs to be back in the team um, in, the, in the important stage in the Champions League and at the end of the season. Um, but I reckon they might just give Czech a bit of a run. Yep, fair enough. And actually on that topic, uh, just before we wrap up, we'll, we'll move on to talking about fantasy football. Um We've talked about it a bit in the last few weeks. Um, my big question to you guys, obviously, with the Aguero injury, uh, who, which striker do you reckon is the best striker to bring in to replace Aguero? I think a lot of teams would have this issue. Falcao or Van Persie? <laughs> How much yeah, is, Van is Van Persie? Good. Is Van Persie, is Van Persie very expensive? He's, He's expensive, Harry but... Kane. Harry Kane. The one I've gone with is um, Olivier Giroud. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good pick. Um, Quite cheap. Uh, just coming back from injury, so not many will have him, but he's scored three goals in two games. Yeah, he's 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 bound to rise. Van Persie is overpriced. Well, not overpriced, he's expensive, but he's been delivering as well. Uh, I was thinking of bringing him, in, bringing him in last week, and I actually just flipped a coin and chose Zeko, and he got injured. <laughs> That's unfortunate, yeah. Yeah, I reckon um, Van Persie, Zeko, if he's fit, um, Boney looks all right, but he has been really purple patch and might end soon, so... Well, since they're um, all getting injured when you pick them, don't pick Van Persie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to touch Van Persie because I actually like him and I don't want to see him break down. I brought in Mata, um, who I think is good for midfield, and he's been delivering for me, But so I certainly hope he doesn't get dropped. Yeah, I've had, um, I've had Boney for a few weeks. As you say, he, he's been in a bit of a purple patch. He seems to either be scoring or assisting a goal every every week at the moment. Yeah, and this, this is a guy who I had for the first seven weeks of the season. Uh, <laughs> And I was pretty nothing. loyal to him. And he scored, like, one goal. And I, I think he was on the bench a lot, because he was playing... Um, playing some, Was he... No, because they weren't in any cups, were they? So, no, I don't know. He was so on the bench he was, a lot. He, I thought he was... Yeah, he, and he had some games, but um, I got rid of him, and, you know, three weeks later, two weeks later, he just goes on this crazy run. Yeah. Um, the African Cup of Nations will be on, so... 
won't really be that well, bad. Well, it's, it's actually quite well-timed, because I think the African Cup of Nations will start around about the time that Aguero's due back, so I might be able to do quite a comfortable Boney to Aguero trade. Oh, yeah. Um, that's if that Aguero's back. It is, yeah. I want to bring... I want Aguero to be back, because he's playing so well, and um, he was he was my favourite player in my fantasy team, but and he broke down, but... Um, you just have to stop in, uh, cursing strikers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might just curse a Liverpool player if I may. Um, yeah. Sturridge is already player. injured. <laughs> don't don't touch Sturridge. <laughs> but uh, Sterling, he's yeah. been playing as a striker. Bring him he's in. Been, he got a lot of chances against United. He got a lot against Burnemouth. However, he scored against them. Um, he's he's been playing again as a striker. He gets he gets in there. He got his hair cut, so he's a different guy now. Um, I reckon. If he keeps getting played there, he's a much better option than Lambert. Yeah, and he's very dangerous. Oh, I, I feel like all season Sterling, or you know, excluding Sturridge, Sterling's just about been about their uh, most dangerous player, most creative player, and and the one who looks most likely to score. Yeah, but he um he started the season so well, um, two or three goals in the first four games, but he was fresh then, and for for whatever reason he hasn't been rested and rotated, he hasn't been looked after, I don't think, um, and it's no surprise that. He didn't score. He scored like one goal since those first three games yeah. until now, which I reckon he's going to go on a run. Um, his, his, his position has, position has changed, and Liverpool surely can't go badly all season. So I reckon he'll step up, his kid. We'll have to see. Uh, and now we'll move on to the last segment, which Cookson, uh, we've come to love. It's it's the foul on the floor. Um, who's your nominee for this week? Probably has to be Gary Cahill. Ah, good man. Man after my heart. <laughs> that, was oh, that, was a, that was woeful, wasn't Described it? Described by Steve Bruce as a night out at the nut cr- at Swan Lake, I believe. <laughs> yeah. The way the way that he gracefully fell to the ground. I mean, it was, it was a lot beautiful. of yeah. yeah. All that was missing is a couple of rollovers, a fake injury, then he probably would have got the perfect ten. And did you enjoy Mourinho's response when he was asked by the reporters? He basically said, "I don't care what any of you saw. It's Gary Cahill. He doesn't dive." He must have been pushed. He must have been shoved. He must have tripped. Yeah, no worries. That's <laughs> what you, don't see, yeah. you rarely see centre backs dive anyway. It was a very strange one. That's what I'm thinking. Like it was a really bad dive, an obvious dive. You see the strikers doing, it and it looks a bit more disguised. But this one was really especially when he's already on a yellow card. It just seemed very strange to do. Yeah, I, I um, thought it was disappointing from the ref. Yep. Oh well. Uh, any closing thoughts, boys? Well, yeah. Not really. Oh, I mean, apparently Russian football might be up to shitter. I saw that. I saw that there might be a bit of a fire sale over in Russia. Get Garay, get Witzel. I mean, Hol- you want to manage, you can get Andre Villas-Boas. <laughs> well, we'll be in the market, yeah. Or there could be a guy from Liverpool who might be sacked soon. Liverpool Transfer Committee, get on it. Yeah. Got to get it. Got to bring Hulk in too. He's, a, he's an absolute star, isn't he? No, he's overrated, but just do it. <laughs> It's just bring him in. Name, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He'd fit in at Hull. Just one letter difference. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what I will say, boys, just before we sign off, I don't think we'll have a podcast uh, before next Wednesday, so I'll say a very Merry Christmas to both of you for then and to anyone listening in. Uh, and okay. we'll probably be back after the next set of games, um, not just this weekend, but we've also got the midweek ones next week on Boxing Day, I think. But we'll try and fire up a podcast just after that and cover off everything and, and start talking transfers as the January window approaches but um, uh, yeah until next week have a Merry Christmas you two thanks very much for coming on cheers no thanks. Worries. and thanks to, li- thanks to you all for listening and we'll see you on the forums 